Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Curtis Wilde, elected DNC member and candidate for District 107 right here in Missouri House District. And I am here with Dr. Peggy Sherwin, and you are running for House District 104. That's correct. So let's talk about that. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell, I want to hear, uh, we were talking on the way over here, uh, what is that doctor in front of your name about? What? The doctor that... Um signals my name is from uh, a degree in education. I uh, received a degree of uh, instructional leadership from Lindenwood University in 2011. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, right here on Next Gen Dems, we want to hear all about that. And as usual, we are broadcasting live during business hours. We are right here at Rendezvous Cafe and Wine Bar in uh, lovely O'Fallon, Missouri. And that is 217 North Main uh, here in O'Fallon. So let's talk about what led you from um, getting your degree in education to... Politics. That seems like kind of a jump for some, but I'm glad that, that you're not a lawyer. You're right. <laughs> it, it, it was a little stretch. I worked at St. Charles Community College for 13 years, and I always wanted to do something um, more than uh, what I was doing. And I found the, this program at Lindenwood, talked to several people there and went over and talked to some of the professors and decided that, yeah, I think I would like to um, enter into this venture. Everyone was so... The political... uh, Well, it was the education. The uh political thing came afterwards when I worked at the Salvation Army. And being at the Salvation Army, you saw a lot. You got to learn so much more about what was going on in our city. In the county. And after being there for four years, um, there was several situations that I felt that someone needed to listen to and they needed to be changed. And the more I talked to people, the more I realized that no one had a solution. And a lot of people didn't realize what was going on. And the people that I was servicing they felt like they didn't have a voice. They didn't know where to go or who to turn to when people turned them away from housing and when they were evicted and when families that were working and paying child support were living on the streets. That was... Heartbreaking. It was very heartbreaking. Absolutely. And I listened to their cries and cried with them and sympathized with them. And I thought, you know, somebody has to speak for these people. And I worked with them. And I always said that they are us. That's me. And if I don't take care of me, no one else will. Exactly right. We are all in this together. I think that's what people miss along the way is that uh, if any portion of our society is struggling and hurting, uh, then the rest of us are. Exactly. It's going to trickle up. That's trickle down may fail, right. but trickle up is going to happen every time. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, tell us more about your transition from education into uh, Salvation Army and, and your work there. Oh, my work there was um, more of a ministry, I think. Mm-hmm. 
I believe in uh, helping people. I came from a family that helped people. I don't think that that there were um, too many years that I lived with my great-grandmother that she didn't have someone living in the house that was transitioning from one city to another city but needed a few weeks to catch up on things yeah. or people coming into the city to work and needed uh, a place to stay yeah. while they were performing a certain job. And it's she kind of like my parents in, in certain respects because... Uh, they can always say that they were the parents of about 20 kids right. because over the years they were, right. you know, over the years they were taking all our friends, they were taking all of our uh, compadres that yes. uh, wanted better they, and my parents tried to give them that springboard. Exactly. So your great-grandmother was the same way? She was the same way. She was a very strong black Indian woman and uh, she just had the respect of the community and lived life as fully as she possibly could. She built her home at the age of 65, the first home from the ground. Wow. She, she had it built from the ground up at the age 60, of 65. Very cool. So she didn't, you know, mix words. Uh -huh. uh, people. Uh, and that's probably why she had respect. Yes, she had a she lot of respect play. from the community. Absolutely. And that's how it kind of was back then. They didn't play. Yeah, did not they play. Didn't play. No. They knew exactly what they meant, and they right. were going to say it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and I appreciate that upbringing. I wouldn't change it for anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that uh, my upbringing, uh, for a vast majority of my most formidable years, was my mom and grandmother. Right. Um, and so I watched strong, powerful. Independent women right. uh, out there that were gonna get respect. Absolutely, they were going to earn respect. Absolutely, and and you better give them the respect that they right. earned. Right, right. Um, so from Salvation Army into the political realm, let, let's get you there. Okay. Um, after being uh, in the Salvation Army for um, almost five years and um, trying to help my residents find housing, and housing was available, but if you didn't have a certain amount of funds, and a lot of my people were on fixed incomes. Yeah. And I don't know how you can raise a fixed income. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you can gather more money. And a lot of these people couldn't work. Right. So what they got was it. Well, what you do is you elect people who are willing to vote for that. Exactly. That's what you do. Exactly. So... I said, you know, this can't be happening to us here. Right. You, we had so many donors that came from this area. Wonderful people donated to the Salvation Army. They gave. They, they would give freely without being asked. Mm -hmm. You know, I never had to want for very much. Right. And if someone said, what do you need? What do you need? And I said, I need soap powder. It was on my doorstep within hours yeah. or the next day. Yeah. I mean, these are the most giving people. But to have a group that does not see the need to help others, just it, it, it stopped me in my tracks. And I said, this can't be happening. I can't live like this. So now are you referring to, to Republican leadership uh, I'm preventing I'm, things like that from happening? If 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 the Republicans were in involved in stopping this and making it so difficult for people to have the basics in life, you know, Maslow high level of hierarchy says that everyone needs to have uh, the basics. 
We need the basics. And these people that I had living in the shelter did not have the basics. It was being provided by a, a small community of people. You know, and, and when you start getting donations, sometimes you get enough, but then at times you don't. Right. But And the thing is, is that, that that's a situation that's going to breed crime. Exactly. Because you don't have the basics. If you don't have the basic necessities of life, right. um, then you're going to resort to whatever you need to to achieve, to, to those achieve it. You basic will. necessities of life. Absolutely. Like people having to go to prison because they robbed a, a store because they couldn't afford diapers and formula right. for their baby. Right. Yeah. They And, and you're, you're ex- absolutely right because I work um, with a population of people that feel that they have to work. They have to be busy. They need to do something to bring in money mm-hmm. for their children, their families, because they don't want to see their children that, to go without things. And with the thing, food. The thing is that there are people that do that. They go out there, they work two, three jobs, and, and they do provide for their family as best as they possibly can, put a roof over their head, food in their stomachs. Unfortunately, those people are not home to right. give the structure that exactly. a good parenting should be able to give their right. child. Because they can't be. Because they can't be. They can't be. Because we have created a system where they have to have two or three jobs. Exactly. And they have to leave their kid exactly. either in daycare or at home alone exactly. to, to rule themselves and make their own decisions. And there's only so much that you can do from your second or third job right. while your kid's at home or, or maybe out vandalizing or exactly. maybe out causing trouble. Um, so you know, I heard how do some, we get around that? You know, I think we just need to get the right people in public office. We need to look at what we have now and replace that yeah. with people that know what's going on, that have lived it, have breathed it, have tasted it, and know that these people out here want to do better. They're not looking at becoming uh, the 1%. Right. They're not looking at that. They want to build a, a home safe and be able to take care of their families. Yeah. That's all they want to do. What they don't realize, what the people who are out there uh, trying to, to downplay these people and downgrade these people don't realize is that nobody wants a handout. You're right. Nobody is going right. to feel good about a handout. Right. People want a hand up. That's true. And that's something that we're not giving them. That's something that our government uh, at large refuses to give as long as it's in Republican control. Exactly. And I'm not saying that they were doing good before with Democratic control. Right. Um, because there are definitely some, some situations that arose when that was the case. Right. That uh, was... Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct in that. And, you know, and because... Most of the time, it's because there's so many people that think that all poor people need is nothing. Let them earn their own way. Mm -hmm. If they could, they would. They would earn their own way because they're not dumb people. You know, we're not dumb. We understand what's going on. But it's if you keep telling a person that they're nothing and treating them like they're nothing, they're going to believe that. Yeah. Because well, that's what just, the mind is yeah. playing back. That's the script that we're getting. Right. I'm nothing. And I refuse to believe. My great-grandmother did not raise nothing. 
exactly right. And I am not going to treat other people like that. And I'm not going to stand for this political power that's in place now that tells us that we're not, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. I'm like the kids in Florida. Enough is enough. Let's take care of it. Yeah. By whatever means possible. Well, well, let's touch on that. I mean, this is a free-flowing show. We, we just get to rocking and rolling, and uh, you're going to be able to check it out on video. You're going to be able to check it out audio through iTunespodcast.com. You can check out the video once it's up through Facebook, YouTube, and we are right here at Rendezvous Cafe in O'Fallon, Missouri. But let's touch on that. You brought up Florida. Yes. Where do you stand on gun control? How, how do we prevent things like this from happening? And still allow freedom. I think we need to make some some really specific laws in place because people have, they don't realize how many sick folks we have that's walking around. And we don't know what these people are going to do from one minute to the next. A lot of people don't even know that they're sick until it snaps. That's true. Until bad things happen. Right. So. And we're meeting them every day. We don't know that they're as ill as they are, but we're meeting them every day. You're walking past them at a gas station. Exactly. You're right next to them at the, exactly. the phone booth. That's uh, true. That's uh, very grocery true. Grocery store. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're walking past them every day. And we don't know where they are or what they're doing or how they're thinking until something like this happens. And with them, they had, they had little cues. That told them, hey, there's something wrong here. Yeah. Someone and needs to... they didn't to- follow that trail of breadcrumbs, that massive trail of breadcrumbs. People don't like to think of something that is, 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 is here. I'm not saying that it's natural, but it happens to anyone. It could happen to me or you or anybody else. Mental illness does not discriminate. Exactly right. It doesn't discriminate. And with everything that's going on... Look with at Howard Hughes. Yes. Good example. <laughs> yeah. Good well, example. One of the richest men in the world. Absolutely crazy. As a, that's a bug. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah. As we read about him and learn some of the things that he, that he did. Well, mentally know. ill. Mentally ill. Oh. Yes, mentally ill. We don't do crazy anymore. Okay, so. I do a little crazy. Right. I'm a little borderline. <laughs> All right. So, well, let's get. Uh, I want to come back to the gun okay. thing, and I want to talk about the specific things that you think may help uh, with gun control. But uh, back to the the Republicans have failed us. Certain Democrats have failed us. Uh, how do we restore faith in the Democratic Party that's now saying we are going to wipe the slate clean and we are going to start working for you, uh, and we are going to listen to the voices who don't feel listened to. I think what, like I said before, I think we need to wipe the slate clean and bring in new blood. And, and those people that, like I said, have been out <coughs> here rooting with, these, with our, our families that are barely living. People that know what's going on. People that's not trying to um, cut uh, retirement from people that have worked and paid in their retirement, and then there's some joker that wants to cut a person's retirement? Come on. Or the electric company that wants to uh, increase our utilities for infrastructure? Now, do you think that 
if they get more money from us for paying our utilities, they're going to take that money Absolutely. and give it to the states that need infrastructure improvement? Absolutely not. Of course not. See, and, and that's what infuriates me. There are so many people that look at us as if there's something wrong with us that we cannot understand and we can't see the darkness to the light, mm -hmm. that we cannot comprehend what they're saying. We understand what they're saying. They're saying that, you know, we are having companies like fast food chains sell uh, breakfast sandwiches for a dollar, and that dollar goes to pay on utilities for people that need it. If they start to, and, and it doesn't make any sense, and when I heard that, I, I thought, are they absolutely out of their mind? Right. Yeah. I, I, I just cannot believe it. I went to Hardee's a week or so ago and bought some sandwiches because I knew that this was their you know, time that they would collect money and donate it to the, uh, the weatherization for families that could not pay their utilities, that needed heat. Yeah. And in the summer, they needed to be cool. So we're doing that. And there were so many people there buying and giving and giving and giving. And then they come, turn around and say, well, okay, we're going to increase it, and this money is going to go f for the infrastructure. Not so. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't born last night. I know that that's not going to yeah. happen. That's going to go into the pockets of the big wigs. Stockholders holders yeah. will, yeah. will get that, yeah. and that's what they're doing it for. Yeah, but that means that those people that are contributing, mm -hmm. it's going to put another burden on them. Absolutely. So pretty soon they won't be able to contribute freely yeah. because you know well, you have to is, take her home. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that uh, electric companies have found themselves in kind of a quandary, kind of a conundrum, because uh, if they allow innovation in electric, um, they're going to either go out of business or they're going to have to completely change their business model. Uh, there's going to be no more shipping in coal from Iowa or other, uh, other states. Um, but the fact is, is that they don't want that. Of they want not. things to stay exactly as they are. And in order to do that, they're going to have to have moms out there working two, three jobs. They're going to have to stomp on the little man. Right. They're going to have to keep people treading water so they can have their golden parachutes, their yachts, their mansions. And we're going to take the power away from them. Democrats like myself, like Peggy, yes. are going to take the power away from you. We are going to give the power to the people because more sun hits this planet every day than any power you can ever produce. Absolutely. So uh, Absolutely. we're going to find out how to harness it. We're going to find out how to get it to people. And we're going to find out how and to we're free gonna people from those, those mundane things. Exactly. We're going to take those chains off. Exactly you know, the chains have been on for years. It started with, with blacks. Being with having the chains on around their neck, and they decided, well, we got them all conditioned to think that they can't do anything. So let's move to the next group of people that um, we know that we can control and put chains around their neck, and we can do whatever we want to to them. Yeah, and they and took it to that next level. They did. They took it to that next level they did. because now they don't have to put chains on people's necks. The chains are already there. You're going to go to your job, you're going to come home, you're going to stay in your cell, which right. is your home, and they're going to continue to profit off of your hard work, mm -hmm. and you're never really going to make it anywhere if uh, they're not going to bend over, if they're not going to uh, at least 
let um, innovation happen. Right. Because they talk a good game, and those people that want to believe that they are saying more and that they're going to be benefited by putting these folks in office. But it's a fallacy. Mm-hmm. It's a fallacy. What they've done is they've brainwashed a group of people to believe everything that they're saying. And sometimes I, I wish that they would get a crook in their mouths when they're talking this nonsense and not be able to speak. Because yeah. then we will know that the truth does not come from their tongue. That's exactly right. That does not come from their tongue. And, and people need to just think about that. I mean, yeah. logically, think yeah. about what they're saying. They're going to say what, they, what you want, them want to hear. hear. Right. And then they're going to do whatever their shot callers, whatever their puppet masters, tell, tell them, them to, to do. as soon as they get there. And their shot callers and their puppet masters are the people who fund their campaigns. And most, uh, most of the Republicans, especially in Missouri, are not funded by small donations. They're not funded by regular people. Right. They're funded by PACs. They're funded by large donations exactly. um, and, and a lot of dark money going around. And I don't know about you, but I know with myself, it's all people. There is no PACs. I mean, eventually we're going to probably get uh, some labor and uh, educators are going to get on board. Uh, But I don't really consider that PAC money, even if it is. Right. um, Because I don't mind saying that those are my special interests. Exactly. Uh, Unfortunately, the Republican Party is taking from from dark money. They're taking from uh, super PACs and they're doing whatever they are told to do. and I think that somebody needs to start fighting for the people. So Peggy right. Sherwin, you started was last uh, election cycle your first. Uh, in twenty sixteen, I um, I was in that election, brand new, had not been um, introduced really to the the political um, hierarchy. Hierarchy, yes, uh-huh. I have not been introduced to that. I've j- I have been working in the communities. Um, and did a little bit of work with other campaigns um, in Illinois and in Iowa, working to help other people become elected, but never really getting that deep into it that I could say I had a lot of experience. It opened my eyes to how people really feel and how they think. Because, you know, sometimes when you're talking to a person, you know exactly what's going on in their head because their eyes reveal everything, you know, and they don't realize. eyes are the window to the soul. (laughs) That's very true. And most people don't realize that your eyes tell everything. And they can be looking at you and their mouths will be saying one thing, but their eyes will be saying something else. And it was, it was hard. It was hard. Um, I, I was, I was deeply disappointed in how some people, uh, presented themselves in the things that they didn't say that that their body language and their eyes did say. I was your eyes will always betray you. Exactly. <laughs> so if you don't want someone to know what you're saying, please don't look them in the eye. You have to keep your head down. <laughs> part of the reason I wanted to do and that the video. body language tells you yeah. as much anyway. Yeah, so that's exactly right. It's part of the reason why I wanted to institute the video with Next Gen Dems. <laughs> is because I won't be able to look in my eyes. I won't be able to be able to look at my face exactly. and tell that I believe what I'm saying exactly. and, and that I'm straight up. Right. I'm straightforward. Right. I am who I am. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. Um, there's still so much out there that I need to learn. 
and work with people on one-on-one -on -one and just hear what they have to say. Yeah. You know, I want to understand, and, it, and it's not just one party that I'm looking to hear from. I'm looking to hear from both groups of people because once I'm elected, it's not just the Democratic people I'm going to be working for. I'll be a servant of all the people. Well, that's what I tell people. Look, yes. This is not, for state representative, this yes. is not a Democratic or Republican job. No. Uh, I'm not no. uh, applying to be your best Democrat or be your best Republican. Right. I'm applying to be a representative of the people of District 107. Exactly. And you, you with District 104. Four, 104. Um, so that that's the thing, is that uh, I think that that somewhere got ignored along the way. Yes. Um, and that we're coming back with a resurgence that says that People deserve people who will represent them, them and will represent their voices. And I think going door to door for me in 2016 mm -hmm. was a real eye opener because you can hear newscasts all day long and, and you can listen to radio and you can listen to podcasts. You're not going to get your finger on the pulse of what people want and what people are, are uh passionate about, what they care about, you're not going to get that if you're not at their door. That's true. If you are not talking to them face-to-face, -face, exactly. eye-to-eye, right. you're not going to find out you're not what those to. people need. And that's what I want to do. I want people to talk to me. I am approachable, and I'm willing to listen to whatever that they have to say regarding any topic. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm willing to yeah. listen. Yeah. Now, I, I'm it. not going to say that I'm going to do Everything, because I'm, I'm a human being, mm -hmm. you know, and there's going to be some things that I will be able to do and some things I know I won't be able to do because there are, there are a lot of stoppers out there, yeah. you and, know. Everybody's going to make mistakes along exactly. the way. And, and the more I'll be able to do will depend on how many voices I have talking on my behalf and how many hands will be on my shoulders saying, I'm standing with you. Yeah. I have to have people standing with me. That's right. I will do the work. I'm willing to do the work, as much work as they give me to do. I'm willing to do it, but I need to have people with me. Yeah. If I'm going to speak with you, stand up with me. Yeah. There, there are so many people that are so angry out there because they feel government has failed them. But what they don't realize is that they're going to have to mobilize and they're going to have to help organize right. this resistance, this political revolution that says regular people are going to start representing regular people. Exactly. So I think that uh, when people see that, they're really going to start getting behind it. I think they were a little off uh, in 2016 because there was a lot of... Um, uh, Back and forth and division uh, yes. at the top uh, uh, of the in, with the primary and with the general. Um, so I think that that probably did more to turn people off of politics. Mm -hmm. But the people who stayed involved got more passionate, yes. and they're going to be involved and they're going to start fighting for a better future. And hopefully, they'll reach out to myself or Peggy, absolutely, uh, and, and be able to be the change right. uh, that they want to see in this world. But let's talk about uh, your your real life. My real life. Um, you're on the board of St. Joe Manan and I am. I you am. got a lot going on oh, other gosh, than yes. politics. So let's talk about social that. justice. I'm on the social justice board. I'm on the <coughs> board of um, Missouri Valley Credit Union. Um, I am. Um, oh God, there's so many. Um, 
committees, of course, that you know that we're on and that we have to attend, and we are in training a lot. Yeah. I work at Rankin currently as an adjunct um, professor. I teach psychology there. And I also work with Concordance Academy, where I work with newly released um, individuals from the penal system in helping them to transition back into the community with jobs and with the understanding that change is inevitable. There has to be change in order to be successful because if once we've been conditioned one way that was for a specific reason, we have to put that behind us and start to change into people that are going to be um, working in the community, being part of the community, We have to embrace evolution. Absolutely. We have to embrace uh, uh, the next steps that are going to come. And Mm -hmm. if we don't do that, we're just going to be treading water. We're going to stay exactly where we're at. Exactly. And that's what they want. They want you to stay exactly where you're at and just Mm -hmm. keep this train going. Um, Because the the people at the top, I guarantee you, do not want things to change. Right. And the people at the bottom need Need things to change. They need things to change. And I encourage everyone to step out of your box. Don't be afraid to put your arms and your legs and your feet outside of that box and start to look at what's around us. And don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to embrace the goodness of it because there is a lot to learn and it's a lot of good stuff out there. But the more we pull away from it and live in this box, the less information we get because we build our own cocoons about what we know. And sometimes what we know is not enough to fill my cup. But if we step outside of that We will learn so much more about people, how people live, how people want things just like everybody else. They want their children to succeed. I don't know of a person that's living that has children that does not want them to go to college and get a college education. But if we continue to let these people run our country, our kids will not be able to get a college education. And if they do, they're going to be burdened down with the most horrific. Well, you know, in the 50s, people used to be able to get a college education. They used to go on and and get a good paying job. They used to be able to pay for a home by the time they were, you know, 25, 30, paid off. And that's simply not happening anymore. And they want to fool you to believe that it's just because you're not working hard enough. It's just because there's not enough people out there pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. And there's so many people that are suckling on the teat of the government. And we have to change that mindset. We do. We have to show and demonstrate that it got this way for a reason. For a reason. Like I said, my great-grandmother at 65 built a home. Yeah. You know, and that was back in the... I think that was back in the 60s, uh-huh. 70s. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's right. That's right. That was, well, a, that was a lot. Well, back then we had strong unions and a lot of people had strong wages because of that. Uh, we had good benefits because the unions had good benefits. And right. it all trickled mm-hmm. uh, to, to the rest of society. So um, what do you think about unions? What do you think about collective bargaining and I, I, I prevailing believe, wage, right to work? Let's talk about it. Oh, uh, the right to work is, is a, um, a play on words that confuses people. 
They forgot to put four less at the end of it. Right. Right to work four less. Four less. less. <laughs> That's very true. And what I think what what a lot of people don't realize is that before the unions were actually started, there were more deaths in factories than any place else. Yeah. Because if your husband, your spouse, your brother, or whomever went off to work, they may not come home. Yeah. They had to work in condition, conditions that were deplorable. You said husband, spouse, brother. It could also be your son or your, your daughter. Your son or your daughter, yes. That, that's the thing back then, yes. is that if we go back to the, the time when some of these uh, uh, Republicans would say America was great, um, children were also working, working. in factories. Yes. Um, and so we really need to, to right. think about the, the time that they're trying to take us back to. That's the true. The time they're trying to revert. And we're almost revert. there. Revert yes. America to yeah, exactly there. right. They're, we're almost there. How many people a in a family in. that's working and living in the same household that's exactly in right. order to make make it? That's exactly right. You know, yeah. and 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 people don't talk about that. How many families do you have living in your household that are working that's contributing to this household? Mm-hmm. And it didn't used to be like that. It used to be that that mom and dad could have a house, and then right down the block. Uh, their oldest son could have a house with exactly. maybe his younger brother. And then, you know, two blocks over, their right. oldest daughter yeah. could have her own house. Right. And, and, and we used to hear a, a that. And, yeah, know, we used to hear that. And you know what we had back then? Community. Community. Neighborhoods. Exactly. Neighbors. Right. And we don't really have that anymore. That's, that's funny you should say that because last night I was at a... Um, an event at, um, for social justice at St. Joachim and Ann. And that was part of the, uh, tr- um, the, uh, the event, the program that we went through. It was, who's your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Nice. And that, it was an eye-opener. Uh-huh. Some of the things really, you know, made you a little bit uncomfortable when you thought about who is in charge yeah. and how they are actually orchestrating how we, the people that do not have that kind of 1% money that they have, black and white, how they are orchestrating how we treat each other. It's a a plan. If we can keep them upset, if we can keep them bickering at each other, if we can keep the hate going, uh-huh. Hey, more power for us. They the want to way drive we that can division. That's they what they want. want. That wedge in they do. Oh yeah. It's orchestrated for that. And if it can't be the black we're versus the right white, and, that's if it, it can't be the black versus the white, it's going to be the rich versus the poor. Right. It's going to be you know Christians versus non-believers. Exactly. It's going to, exactly. whatever they can find to give division and to keep our focus off of how horribly they are screwing yes. the American society. Yes. Then. They're going to continue to make billions. They're it's, going to continue to walk into Washington, uh, you know, a nobody, and walk out a millionaire because nobody's stopping them. That's right. Yeah. Nobody's stopping them because they're listening to, listening to that rhetoric. And it's, it's about division, and it's put, they're putting things in people's head that does not exist. Yeah. And the more they hear it, the more they're conditioned to believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling my students the, the other day, you have to be strong, and you have to have a mind to think and think beyond what a person is telling you yeah. so that you can make up your own mind. Research it. Research yeah. it if you have any questions. Don't take my word for it, but go out and find it for yourself. 
so many people believe what they're told. Yes. And unfortunately, that's kind of been bred through our educational system of teaching to test. Mm -hmm. Is that if they hear it from someone that they think may be a reputable source, then now it's a fact. Right, right. But maybe it wasn't a fact. Uh, yeah. And, and maybe they should use a little bit more critical thinking. Exactly. Uh, which is what we need to be breeding in our schools. Critical thinking skills. That's yes, right. you're absolutely right. You know, uh, when I started this, and I didn't have a, a, a treasurer, and I was looking and looking, and so finally I found this man, um, this young man just said, uh, when I asked him, someone said, why don't you ask Jerry? And I said, Jerry, Jerry. Oh, yeah. So I asked him. He said, oh, yes, I will. And when you said oh, we have to look at things for us, ourselves, you know, he gives me information, and then he gives me the paperwork to follow up so that I can read it for myself and that I know yeah. what's going on, yeah. you know. So people that's giving us stuff and, and making sure that we know it and giving us the facts, and, and you can actually read it. And, and, and it has citation. And it yes, has sources. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I tell you, I don't think I've been so emotionally twisted in all of my life, but by reading this stuff and becoming angry, you know, yeah. and hurt, you know, and I know that this, this anger that I have is part of the fear that these people are going to, it's like roaches, mm -hmm. you know, what do you do with a roach when you can put them in a microwave and they still move around, <laughs> you know? What, what do you do? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. You get a hammer. What do you do? You get a hammer. <laughs> you know, because it seems like they hammer, keep multiplying. It's called a blue wave, and it's coming in 2018. It and has it's going to come. really crest in 2020. Yeah. Mark my words. It's coming because more people are going to see that uh, the Republican Party is doing nothing but working against them and against the people who are struggling, right. against uh, people who are in pain and, and trying to create a better life for themselves. And they're going to find that there are new people coming into the Democratic exactly. Party. That's why the name of this show is Next Gen Dems. We might not be your youngest, but we are the next generation next of That's Democrats. Right. Because, uh, unfortunately, up till this point, whoever has been working towards getting Democrats elected haven't done a very good job. And mm -hmm. we are where we are, and we've been on a 10-year, 1,000-seat losing streak. Yeah. Uh, and it's time that we start to change the perception of, of, well, there's no difference between Democrat and Republican. No, that's BS. Mm -hmm. That's BS. There's definitely a difference. And I think the people are seeing it now with the, the mm -hmm. devastating things that Donald Trump yeah. and his administration are trying to do. Right. As one person was writing in a little magazine that I got from um, Jerry, you know, we're not in the twilight zone. Dems are not in the twilight zone. You know, we're going to stand up and be heard. And we're going to make some changes. Yeah. We're going to make some changes. That's going to be the reality. So let's talk about some of the issues. Let's talk about where you stand on health care. How do we get that better? Health care. We, we need to look at health care and make sure that every person in these United States is covered under health care. I can remember when I... I so, so are you saying that health care should be a human right? Oh, my goodness. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Well, well we, that's just like every other industrialized Absolutely. country in the world. That's just crazy talk, Peggy Sherwood. I know it is, but I'm going Why with it. Why can't sick people just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and go pay for their own health care? While they're the sick. The millions of dollars that they owe. Right. Why, why can't? Because those people, at the 1%, has taken all of it. 
has taken everything so they can't pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You know, even the 1% gets sick, although they have the means to take care of it. But they cannot take care of death. They can't take care of that. Exactly right. That's one thing that they can't well, take look at care Michael of. Jackson. They can't buy that. Look at Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. No amount of money was able to save Michael Jackson. To save Jackson. him. And it's, it's the same way with them. Mm-hmm. But they're Prince. doing everything that they possibly can to kill us off. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, there's something to be said about that. I think that you mm-hmm. touched on something. Um, have you heard the story of the Georgia Guidestones? Where it said the, no. the manageable number on the planet is a half a million? No. Yeah, yeah. Or 500 million, is it? 500 million is supposed to be the manageable. manageable. And, and, and that's what some people suspect is... Happening? Uh, well, maybe not happening, but, ex- but definitely the goal. The goal. Uh, is to depopulate the, the world and to have a more manageable... Um, it could be part of the slave system. Yes, for the owners of the world. Right. Um, so I think because doing well doing slavery, have. we learned last night, the people who had the highest number of slaves were the ultra rich. Uh-huh. So it's well, it's, that only makes sense. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It makes sense that they would want to keep that um, power and make that plan. So that they can continue to be in control. And not just them. Their children, their grandchildren, their grandchildren's grandchildren. It was willed down. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because the ones that's there now are not the ones that were there 100 years ago. So it had to be their kids. In America, there is still what what would be considered royalty. If we were back in the medieval days, there are people who think that they are above the law. There are people that think that they are above you and I. And everybody else... And that if you don't bow down to them, they're going to drop millions and billions of dollars to ensure that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got to get money out of politics. How do well, we do that? We're going to have to work for it. We're going to have to get, get all of our new dims, the new minds that's going in there, to come up with a process where we can stop having these people get paid for their, their endorsements of things that's not right for the whole population. Explain that a little further for the people who may not realize that that's happening. I was looking at a, um, someone sent me an ad over my phone the other day, and it showed me the amount of funds that Amron was paying to, did you see that? I haven't, I haven't. I'm aware, but uh-huh. I didn't see that particular meme. I, that the amount of money that Amron paid to different people that are in uh, political office right now. The Including highest, my opponent, Nick Schroer. The highest person, uh, the amount of money that was, that was given was to Greiton. Yeah. And I was, I was appalled. Yeah. Every time I think of Amron, I get sick to my stomach. And, and you know the thing that's not going to happen under Greitens? Amron's not going to be lessened in any way, no. shape, or form. Mm-mm. Solar is not going to happen. No. Uh, wind and, and tidal. Do you realize all these, these rivers we have in Missouri right. could have some sort of a tidal uh, electricity situation sure. and be forming their own electricity? Energy. Yeah, and be forming their own energy. Mm-hmm. Um, solar roadways, if we just made 70 
from Illinois to Kansas, a solar roadway. So, right. We would never need for any electricity ever, ever. for the rest of history. And in not Missouri. only that, it would create jobs. It would create so many jobs. It would create jobs and people would be working and happy because working they're happy. able to contribute. Yeah. And That's working, all they want to do is contribute. Towards a situation where exactly. Missouri is going to have so much more money than exactly. the surrounding uh, yes. uh, states. Right. And we're going to eventually become, if we do properly, we are going to eventually become energy exporters oh, to where we will be making money off money. of free energy once we make the, the, the uh, transition. transition. Yes, so, exactly. So um, we really need to concentrate on that. Dr. Peggy Sherwin, i got to ask you, where do you stand on legalization, <laughs> cannabis, marijuana, uh, the CBD? You know, um, I th- we were talking earlier before we, s- we sat down um, at the mic. I have friends that are very close to me that are on uh, medical marijuana, and it's doing such a wonderful job for them. And um, I think it's a shame. Now, do they smoke it? Is it yes. edible? Okay. okay. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, this is something that they're, they're smoking. Okay. And I, I believe that if it was legalized, we would have less, uh, I think it would be less of a problem for everyone. Yeah. And I think you know it, would it would make be? yes. <laughs> a revenue, revenue resource. Fund. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that we wouldn't be in the hole that we're in if we legalized it. But then it would also create um a loss of control for those people that don't want it here because they want to control how so, we get our money. And it's just like, oh, we'll take care of them. We'll give them little crumbs well, here and little is, crumbs is there. The that the pharmaceutical industry has no interest in actually creating cures. Oh, of course They not. want to create a situation where they are prolonging not. your disease to be able to treat, treat you. you. They mm-hmm. don't want to cure you. They want to treat you. Because if they cure you, they don't get to make any more money off of you. Right. Um, and I think that, that that goes to um, the cannabis situation is that they are not going to allow anything that can treat things that their pharmaceutical drugs that they can get you hooked on mm-hmm. is able to treat. Right. So the fact is, is that if we uh, legalized and we are an agriculture state. Exactly. That's the other thing is that we're an agriculture state. We got a lot of growable area. Absolutely. Here in Missouri. Absolutely. And, and we could really give Colorado, California a run, for, run their for their money as far Absolutely. as revenue is concerned. Absolutely. Missouri is a large state. Most people don't even realize how big we are. Right. Um, but if we, we legalized cannabis, um, created a new revenue stream, created not one but two new cash crops, industrial hemp and cannabis, mm-hmm. um, and then we used it uh, for treating uh, the ailments that it is proving to treat, um, then the pharmaceutical companies are going to lose money. Yes. And they're going to fight that. They're going to fight that tooth and nail. So if you ever see anything that's anti-cannabis, anti-CBD oil, um, it's most likely paid for by the pharmaceutical companies. But, you know, the th- when, when you're given a prescription and you go to get it filled, and that prescription is going to be eight or $900 for one month's supply, how are you going to pay for that? Yeah. So, I mean... If you get it one month, that doesn't mean that you're going to have the money to get it the next month. That's right. A lot of people are going to Canada to get their drugs. And well, I know that for a fact because we, we are doing it and, and our, my in-laws were doing it before they expired. And Mexico. They're and Mexico. Canada, they're going to yes. Mexico. They're going Wherever to states where it's already legalized. 
uh, wherever it's cheaper. But it, what we don't realize is that we could get all that in the United States. We should be able to get it here. We don't have to have a, a drug cartel running drugs from Mexico or, or people uh, muling drugs uh, across from Canada. Right. If we could handle it here, exactly, um, and, you know, put the the right structure in place. I know out in Las Vegas they have dispensaries, mm-hmm. and you walk into the dispensary and you give them your ID. They scan it. You go over, and it's just like a Hardee's. Right. You look at their board, and there's there's the uh, um, flowers, a menu, edibles, um, oils. Mm-hmm. It, it's a huge lit menu, and then you go in through another door, and uh, there's there's all the products and. Um, you know, it's something that you just kind of have to see for yourself because there's a level of sophistication sure it is. involved that you really wouldn't understand no. if you don't go check that out. You don't have to buy anything. You just it, you can go check it out and see what could be. What could be. Um, exactly. And that, that's what we actually did in the DNC meeting in Las Vegas recently uh-huh. um, was we went to one of the dispensaries to see how they were doing this, to see how it was being uh, commerced. And, it, I mean, it's sophisticated. It, wow. It's just as sophisticated as I imagined it to be, but mm-hmm. I wanted to see it for myself. Right, right. You know, so. So it, it sounds as though they're doing it right. They're doing it the right way. Absolutely. And we, like I said, we just have to get more people out of their box. And, the, and uh, another thing is that um, smoking anything is bad for your health. Sure. Uh, my daughter is, a, and I smoke cigarettes, horrible. Don't start. If you haven't, if you're not a smoker, don't start. Um, but I smoke cigarettes and I realize how asinine it is. I realize that in 20 years, my daughter is going to be like, you smoked cigarettes? Like you lit something on fire and sucked it into your lungs? They're not going to understand how stupid that is. Right. They're not going to get it, you know? Exactly. Um, and, and that's another thing like with uh, uh, healthcare. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, my, our kids, my grandkids perhaps are going to be like, wait a minute. So there were insurance companies that decided right. who lived and who died. Who died? Like I, I Soylent Green. Soylent Green. <laughs> if you <laughs> haven't seen Soylent Green, it's people. Right. Soylent it's Green people. is people. It's uh, us being fed to other people. It's us. That's what it is. <laughs> so, and, and that's a phenomenal movie. It, it is. It it's frightened one of those me. To, that, it, I, yeah. I couldn't watch it uh, after I saw it the first time because I had this vision of it happening in real life. Yeah. And if you think about it and look at some of the things that's happening, that's what we that's where we are. Well, we're not quite eating each other, but Almost. Uh, we're, we're getting <laughs> definitely closer. Um, and then you look to other, and the thing about Soylent Green is that um, uh, it is aged. It was made in like the 70s or no, something. No, it wasn't, no. Um, I think it was in the 60s, was it? Okay, no, maybe it was the 70s because I was 70s. in nursing school. But you can tell so. that it's an aged movie, so yeah. you, you actually got to watch gotta it. You're going to have it. to sit down and want to pay attention we're to it. We're not eating people, but uh-huh. we're getting to the, the place that people are going to be congregating in groups. And because they can't get their needs met, yeah. there's going to be a lot of violence. Yeah. What we're having now, violence, and people weren't having jobs. You know, a lot of people da- now are not able to get jobs. Yeah. You know, so it, when well, I say it's, it's not that they're not able to get jobs, it's that they're not able to get jobs that pay a little pay a, wage with decent right. benefits. I mean, without working three or four of them. Exactly. You know, exactly. because that's what my because people used to do. Every gas station out here is hiring. 
they're hiring for seven twenty-five an hour. Most of them, seven twenty-five an hour is not going to pay your rent, feed your kid, feed, give you buy your groceries, pay your gas and electric. Yeah, I mean that's not a, just to, that's not enough to pay your gas and electric the way they're continuously hiking our bill. Yeah. It's not enough. That's exactly so right. it would take three jobs. Exactly right. For for a person to and and three jobs would only make part of the basic needs. But to that's be met. their goal. That's it, the, it's the plan. The people who are in control. That's their that's plan. their goal. Mm-hmm. They want a docile workforce that that isn't critically thinking and doesn't want to question their power structure. Uh, that way, they can stay in power unwaveringly, exactly. unquestioningly. Um, and I am am looking very forward to taking the power away from them, uh, November sixth. I hope you that are too. That would be a oh, happy day. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about. I know that you and I got a similar percent um, in two thousand sixteen. Tell us about your race in two thousand sixteen. And oh, maybe- the race in two thousand sixteen. Like I said, it was it, it was very um, um, energy taxing. It was mentally taxing. Um, I enjoyed my walks through the neighborhood um, that I've never been in before and seeing every, um, me- seeing people, meeting some, some not wanting to meet me, but they um, <laughs> appear to be gracious, you know, yeah. and considerate. Um, I only had two incidents. One person um, ran out of the house and grabbed my literature and gave it back, and the other person just absolutely refused it. So um, that was the only two, you know, um, situations uh, that um, were somewhat um, opposing or not comfortable with, you know, me running or whatever. But for the most part, it was eye-opening. It really was eye-opening to see and hear some of the things that people had to say about what was going on in the communities and what they wanted. And that's what I want to hear now. I want to hear what people want to see happening within the next five to ten years. You know, I need to hear that. I need to know where you're standing. I know where my feelings are. What percentage did you hit? Um, I had 38, I think, percent. Okay. I got 36, so we were all, I think almost every Democrat in St. Charles County were within one or two points of each other. Absolutely. Um, and we uh, we all worked really hard. We were oh, all we kind did. of a coalition of candidates. Yes. Um, and, yes. And we worked hard together. We worked hard separately. And I think one of the things that people saw from 2016 um, was that people might not be quite ready yet, um, but... They're getting there. They're getting ready for a vast change. I think in 2016, there was a whole lot of people that didn't vote mm-hmm. because they didn't feel that they had a candidate worthy of their vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and what was it? 46 to 48 percent right, right. of people did didn't not vote. vote, stayed home, and didn't participate in, in our democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that that's going to change. I think there's going to be a lot of angry people who mm-hmm. have seen how much uh, the Trump administration how has tried to How much destruction can be done, absolutely. Has tried to attack America, um, and they're going to come out in droves and, and try to really change society because we so. can't. And, and I hope and you know that after this election that we continue the unity and we continue the fight regardless of how many... Um, Democrats get in. Yeah. 
Because I don't think that we can afford <coughs> to ever be comfortable. Oh, no. We but cannot ever afford to be comfortable. I think that's kind of what got us here. I think that's kind of what got us I here. I think so, that, too. Um, the Democratic Party and just people who were involved in politics got comfortable and kind of thought that, that because Barack Obama won the presidency, mm. that one, we were in a post-racial society, and now we know better. Right. And two, um, that, that we could never lose again. Barack right. just won, and that... Yeah. Our job is done. And, they, and, and, I and guess, guess what? Our job is not, not done. Not done. Not at all. I didn't realize that there would be so much opposition because of him being who he was. Oh, yeah. Not because of his messages and, and the things that he proposed, but it, just because of his, his physical outer covering. I think that's a lot of what got Donald Trump elected, even though he lost I, the popular vote. And, I and, agree with that. Um, you know, was yeah. placed in the Oval Office, second Republican president in my lifetime that was placed in the Oval Office after losing the popular vote and the majority, um, which shouldn't be how democracy's done, but mm -hmm. whatever, we'll fix that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's coming. <laughs> but Donald J. Trump is uh, a rebuke of the fact that America elected a black president. I fully and firmly believe that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that for eight years, um, Barack Obama was president. And yeah, he made some missteps along the way. He didn't do as good of a job as maybe that hope and change message uh, led some to believe. Yeah. But the fact is, he for six of the eight years, he was completely and utterly obstructed yes. um, by Republican Congress. And uh, then I think that people decided... Uh, we've had a black man in charge of the United States for eight years. Mm -hmm. uh, more should have been done. Well, well more should have been done, but mm -hmm. I think that there was um, a whole lot of uh, post-racial that ended up being racial again yeah. because um, they, they held it against him for being black. Yeah. Not because of his policies. And uh, right. some people, you know, did look into his policies and, and held that against him. But uh, for the most part... I think that Donald J. Trump is the result of America electing a black president. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that it's... Uh, what does that, what it's does that really say about us? Exactly. Exactly What does that right. say about us? Like, why? Uh, and how did we allow white supremacy to beat us in this last election? Yeah. It, you know? It's, it's really... Uh, it's scary. It's mm -hmm. scary to think that that much hatred is... Um, lurking and, and smoldering around in places that we, you know, we go to all the time yeah. in, in the public, you know, it, um, it, it makes me be more conscious of my surroundings. Yeah. I didn't realize how many of my former friends were racists until Donald Trump was elected, until mm -hmm. they felt empowered by a Donald Trump presidency to be able to drop the N-bomb yes. and to be able to say things that they would have never said prior, prior to, to Donald that. Trump. I know. Um, I know. So. And it's, it's sad to think that, that just because of a person's skin color, you have to be that ugly yeah. and that evil. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, we all have the element in all of us that gives us color. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I exactly don't right. understand. Most people look at me and they see a white guy. They don't look at me and see uh, the Native American in me. Uh -huh. They don't look at me and see the Hispanic in me. Uh -huh. um, but that's probably 25 to 40% of who I am. Right. 
right. you know? Um, so we really need to get past what you see exactly, and, and start worrying about what you get. What you get. You know, mm-hmm. so what do you get out of this individual Regardless right. of their color. Right. If I was purple and I'm still talking about healthcare for all and I'm still talking about education for, for all, right. uh, tuition free colleges, it, this is the message. Exactly. This is the message. Exactly. Because I, I feel that regardless, wherever I've been and if I had the responsibility of taking care of someone else's child, someone else's person, I would treat those people just like I treat myself. And you definitely I definitely don't want see them. color. I don't see it. You it's definitely not, don't see color. It doesn't have to be. You no, know, there's no room for that. Right. Because if a per- person is hurting, then I'm feeling that hurt, and I'm trying to help them to move on from that pain. Yeah. Because I know what that feels like. Yeah. If a child is not safe, and it's not my child, but it is my child. I'm going to make sure that that child is safe. I'm yeah. going to make sure that that child gets whatever it needs in order to be safe and cared for. I don't care if it is illuminating green or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. It's a child, and right. it's somebody's child. It's my child exactly for the right. time that I have it, Exactly. and I'm going to and care you know, for it. You know what? Because you took that time to care for that child, that child may grow up to be the next Einstein. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That, exactly right. That like, would be wonderful. There are things that we can do that can help cultivate a ne- next generation that can do so much better than we've been able to do. Absolutely. Um, but we have to work for that. Absolutely. And we have to get people in there that are going to pass laws mm-hmm. uh, and legislature that will will achieve that end. Exactly. I tell my students all the time, don't just settle for what you're doing because you've got a, a great mind mm-hmm. and that mind is being cultivated and always be open to change. Yeah. Always yeah. be open to change. And there's nothing wrong with change. Change is wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. If we don't have change, we're just stuck where we're at. In the and box. I absolutely refuse. Step outside the box. Yeah. Well, <laughs> me and, and Chrissy have a saying that there is no box. Um, you know, a lot of people say step outside the box or think outside the box. And uh-huh. as far as I'm concerned, there is no box. That's good. Because the That's box good. is whatever we create. Create. It. That's it. And my box may have 20 sides. I don't have you know? <laughs> a box either because I'm willing to stretch as far as I can go. Mm-hmm. I don't have any, any, any walls that prohibit me from yeah. reaching for wherever and whatever I want. I have no chains on me. No chains on me. Not whatsoever. <laughs> not on my mind or on my mouth or anything. That's exactly right. That's, That's exactly it. right. And we need more people like that. Um, so, in, I mean, healthcare for all, where do you stand on some other issues? What are some things that are really important to you that you want to ensure? I, I, I want to make sure that we bury uh, right to work. Oh, yeah. Because right to work has given all of us the ability to... I worked in, in, in union houses a lot during my growing up years. My grandfather worked in a union house. Both grandfathers worked in a union house. A union house supported the youth employment pro- program that I was the director of years ago. So I know what they're about. Um, a. Philip Randolph started the first sleeping car porters union. And, and it was a struggle for him. And it was a struggle for all the other people that put together the unions to make our workers safe. And when we let them down, it's not about us. We're letting these people down that suffered and died to get these unions in place. 
You know, people don't understand how much blood was spilled. Oh, it was so much. Unions to, and I think in the peak of unions, we got up to about thirty percent. We're about eight percent nationally right now. Right. Um, and that's firmly and completely because right. of union busting. Right. Um, because they realize that if the unions are stronger, so is the rest of America's workforce. Exactly. And exactly. they don't want the people to be in control. No. They want the people up in the big office right. to be in control. Exactly. And that's not the guy that needs to no. be in control. No. The, the people on the ground, they need to call their shots. Exactly. They need to have safety in place. They need to have benefits in place. They need to have a, a certain amount of time off. They need to have uh, you know, maternity leave, paternity Absolutely. leave. Absolutely. Um, and we need to fight for that. We need to fight for that. It's their right because they're doing the grunt work. And that we are not doing, but they make it so that we can live how we would like to live. They That's make exactly. it so. That's exactly and, and everybody needs to realize that. Mm-hmm. And whoever coined this phrase, right to work, should be absolutely ashamed. Because it's right to work for less. There's no other way There's around no it. There's no other way around They it. want to cut your wages. They want to cut your benefits. They want to cut everything your jobs. That, that people have fought and died to earn. Exactly. Over the history of unionism, um, and and we're going to be there to fight for that. We're exactly. going to be there to fight against people exactly. who are, are trying to push through right to work because in every state it's been enacted, it's failed, and they're trying to do that in Missouri. Yes. Look no further than Kansas. Look no further than right. Kansas because they they did away with all that, and before you know it, Kansas is in debt. They're, they're hurting in every way possible, and... Uh, I don't want to see Missouri destroyed like that. Right, and so. you can see people suffering. That's the sad thing. Yeah, when yeah. when when the unions go and, and and jobs go, you can see people actually hurting. Yeah, you can't, and and it's not just people; it's the communities. It's, it, it is it's a community. the communities. Look, uh, Harley Davidson just shut down uh, their plant in Kansas City. Um, and I believe around eight hundred dollars are going out to Pennsylvania, which is great for Pennsylvania. Not so good for Missouri. Right. Uh, not so good for Missouri workers. And now what are those people going to do? They're going to exactly. have to go to a gas station. Or they're going to have to go to a fast restaurant, food restaurant. Or fast food. Mm-hmm. Or, or Walmart. Right. Which is one of the big ones that they, they want to do away with the good paying jobs so they can have everybody working in Walmart for chump change. Mm-hmm. Uh, no benefits, no collective yeah. bargaining available because Walmart calls mm-hmm. the shots. Right. Walmart's the big guy sitting exactly. in the office. And the people are the ones who need to call the shots. I think that we're going to, to see people drawing off of the power of our students mm-hmm. because the kids in Florida and a lot of the students uh, across the United States are going to take the power away from uh, the, the shot callers. And they're going to walk out. They're going to make a statement that maybe adults can't make right now. But when adults see that students are taking the power in their own hands, that's collective bargaining. It is. That Absolutely. is collective bargaining. It we is. are going to stand together, and we are going to walk I out of our with school until absolutely. Yes. They're going to walk out of their school until we have sensible gun laws, gun regulation, and nobody wants to take your guns. There's two Democrats sitting here, Mm-mm. and I'm telling you right now, nobody wants to take your guns. Don't want we your want guns. to ensure that mentally ill people do not have access to weapons of mass murder. Right. It's that simple. It is and, simple. And, and if you read the Second Amendment. Uh, it says well-regulated militia. It doesn't say every person. It says that we have the right to keep and bear arms for a well-regulated militia. 
where's the regulations? Right. Where's the regulations when mentally ill people can walk into to a store and 30 minutes later come walking out with a, a, a firearm and thousands of rounds of ammunition that can fire 45 rounds a second uh, or 45 rounds a minute and, mm-hmm. um, and is meant only and completely to kill, kill people. people. To kill people. Uh, if it was meant to kill a deer, it would have a good. It would be more high powered, most likely, but it would also have a good scope on it. You can look at, at a gun, uh, maybe the the same caliber as an AR-15, and you can tell that gun is created to kill deer. Right. An AR-15 looks like it was created to kill, kill humans. Right. Uh, right. And it's not just about aesthetics. It's about the fact that that's what. People click with their mind. You look at any video game. Right. You look at any movie. You look at anything that has a, a wartime type of situation, you're going to see a, an AR-15-like firearm. Right. Um, so that's what we've been bred to believe. Is that weapon is for killing people. Mm-hmm. That weapon is for military sieges. Right. Uh, this other weapon, it's for killing deer. You know, and, and that and people don't understand how powerful that type of messaging is. Um, so yeah. It's it's what really sad. It was really it's really sad. Um, when I um, worked um, at my second job a few, a few weeks ago, uh, some of the um, students there showed me a video about um, guns and how these young people are using guns as far as a social statement. Social statement. And every young person in this video had a gun pointing it toward the, the camera. Wow. It was so wow. disturbing. I couldn't sleep that night to see that young kids have these guns. Yeah. And people are putting this stuff out there so other kids can see it that says, this is okay for you to do. This makes you part of this circle. And you should get a gun. You should have this so that you'll be able to point your gun at someone. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really sad that we as adults are using kids to get money. And, the, and, and as far as I'm concerned, you may as be, well be the person that is killing our young kids. Well, if, if you're not if you're not taking if you're not a fighting risk, against it, if you're not fighting against it, and if you're promoting it. Yes, I blame you. And yes, you should be in the same place as that young man that, that pointed those, that gun and killed all of those kids, the 17 kids. You should be there, you right beside him, because you're promoting this. And yeah. I will stand on my grave for that. It makes me sick that these kids have to get on camera. Having gone through such a trauma, that's a trauma. That's a trauma, you know, that a lot of us have never been through. But they, at their young age, had to go through this. Yeah. And it's a shame. It should I would never say it's happened. on par with the survivors of 9-11. It, you live through a school shooting, and it's on par with the survivors oh, yeah. of 9-11. Oh, yeah. It's trauma. Absolutely. It's trauma yeah. to see that. No uh, one wants to see that. So... I mean, we really need to get some gun controls in there. Mm-hmm. What are some things, some common sense gun laws that you would propose? Uh, definitely um, not letting people have a gun after they come in and fill out an application right away. Yeah. I, d- I don't think that that Certain should... waiting period? A, a, a definite waiting period. And, you know, for uh, those of us that work with people, taking care of people, 
we have to have um, training and education, and it has to go into um, a certain place that, that they can look at and say, okay, yes, you've completed so many hours of training and education to take care of folks. You know, we're going to give you your certificate. You've got to have that for CPR. Yes, You've exactly. You've got to have that Why for a motorcycle. Why are we not requiring these people with guns to be trained and have to pre pre present some kind of training hours so that they can get a certificate to have that gun for another couple of years or so? I mean, if I have to do it and people that do CPR, they can't work on a person unless they do What's What's yeah. wrong with that? Yeah, well, I used to... Uh, it's just keep those things fresh in our mind and alert us not to be lazy and sloven with guns. These are weapons, and they kill people. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and people don't understand the power that they hold. I mean, they don't, a lot of people don't keep them in gun safes. They keep them on their mantle. Right. Uh, you know, and, and just tell their kids not to do it. But the thing is, is that I don't understand why it's still... Uh, no regulate. Yeah, I mean, there, there are certain regulations. You can't have this, can't have that. But um, there is still such freedom, and I've got no problem with freedom. But we don't have the freedom to come out here and drive our car without a license, without uh, learning how to drive, exactly. without proving that right. we know how to drive. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, uh, insurance? Exactly. What's wrong with somebody who, who owns a gun having to carry and liability insurance, insurance exactly. on that? I guarantee you, if somebody is responsible for for what happens with that firearm, mm -hmm. they're going to get insurance on that. And they they're going be. to think twice about leaving it on their mantle. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and thinking about it like we operate a car. Now, if we couldn't see or something happens to us, they're not going to give us a license to drive. Right. They won't give us a license to drive. Right. So why would we give someone that has a disability that controls critical thinking, mm -hmm. a license to carry a gun. Yeah. That makes no sense at all. Yeah. If you want to be a massage therapist, you have to be licensed, you have to be certified, yes. you have to have background checks. Yes, absolutely. FBI background checks. Yes. Um, and I don't understand why it's harder to, to legally be a massage therapist than to legally kill people. Yes, I well, I think it's okay, about the dollar. Maybe, maybe you can't legally kill people. <laughs> because, you know, there's a whole murder charge that's going to happen after that. But you can legally buy the weapon of mass uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, murder to be able to do that. Yeah. Selling those guns brings in revenue yeah. for them. So let's talk about uh, what you got coming up. We're, we're going to... Uh, start wrapping this thing okay. up, but let's talk about some of the things that you've got coming up with your campaign. Well, um, within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be having a meet and greet on Wednesday, March 14th at um, 355 Mid-Rivers Mall Drive uh, from 630 to 830. It's actually in uh, Mid-Rivers Music. Uh, my husband and I own uh, Mid-Rivers Music, so I have a little room that I'm going to be having a meet and greet in. So I'm inviting everyone, doesn't matter, come, bring your questions, and we're going to be sitting at a round table, and we're just going to be talking like we're doing today. And hopefully you will share with me information from your heart. If it's, if it's not positive for me, that's okay. I'm not worried about it. I just want to know what's on your mind. But bring I bring your hard questions. Bring, bring your hard questions, and uh, let's talk. 
it's going to be just before um, um, the, um, I'm thinking of the Green Day, St. Patrick's Day, which is <laughs> which on is Saturday. <laughs> so, and we may have a little green we beer. Think every and day some, should be a green day. A green day. day, yeah. We may have a little beer and some um, uh, appetizers and things of that nature. So please come out. I'd love to talk to you and hear what you have to say. Um, in April, I'm going to have a Dems Rock and I have a couple of bands that um, will be playing. Um, I'm in the process of looking at... Um, that sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, <laughs> a place to, to have it. Um, but it's, it's in the making. So please um, watch for on my website and for um, flyers around. Uh, those things are going to be coming up real soon. Okay, so, but the next one is March 14th, Wednesday, March 14th. On Mid Rivers Mall Drive, uh-huh. uh, there in, in, in St. Peter's. Okay, I was uh-huh. going to say that. Mid Rivers Music. Mid Rivers Music, yes. and the address is? It's, it's um, 355 Mid Rivers Mall Drive. And what time will that start? 6.30, 8.30. Just two hours. 6.30 I'm, to 8.30 on Wednesday the 14th. Right. Mid Rivers Mall Music, or Mid Rivers Music. Right. <laughs> um, right there at Mid Rivers Mall Drive. Right. So, uh, great, great. That, that's completely awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, we are, are glad that you came on today. I am, we are glad I am that... so excited to be here. And um, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, what time are we at? If we got 10 more minutes, we can keep going. I've been keeping them about, about an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, let's talk about some other issues real quick. Let's, uh, let's touch on uh, kind of a name association thing. Greitens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh. One <laughs> word? <laughs> That's my response. Oh. Um, what one word to describe him or just how, the feeling or just whatever? Whatever I, comes I, to mind. Um, unaware. Agreed. Unaware. Absolutely. Unaware and in a position that he never should have been in. Absolutely. Um, He's so, totally unaware. Who's your opponent? Um, I believe my opponent is going to be a young man by the name of Ryan Conway. Mm-hmm. I don't know him, um, is and I've won, never met him. like uh, Phil Christofinelli that they moved into the district strictly to run no, uh, he, an imported candidate? No, no. His, his mother is in the seat. Hmm. Um, now she is the state um, state rep in District 104. Ah, mm-hmm. so they're trying to form a little dynasty there. Well, which is a lot like Nick Schroer and Robert Cornejo uh, did in, in my area. Uh-huh. Uh, Robert Cornejo is over in, in 64. Okay. Uh, Mark Rauper's old, uh, where he ran in 2016, and he's actually the brother-in-law of my opponent, Nick Schroer. Um, So they got a little dynasty going here that a lot of people may not know, but you do now if you're listening to Next Gen Dems. Um, So, Trump. Trump. Um, (laughs) I I I think pitiful, pitiful. Yeah. What What's one of the the worst things that you think he's done? I know there's so Um, much, but one of the the things that has just really been appalling to you. Um, I, I think that the, one of the, the, I can't say it's the, one of the most things I think that just his ability not to, um, understand the magnitude of that position that he's in, 
Absolutely. I think that is the the, the saddest thing. Yeah. And it's like Greitens times a hundred. Yes. He never it, should have been there. He he doesn't understand that, you know, all the people, all the people, that live in this United States, is part of the people that he serves. Yeah. Not that one percent. Well, it, it's not just the one percent. It's the one percent plus white people. Well, that's basically who the one percent is. Well, and, um, uh, rich white people. <laughs> <laughs> because there are a lot of poor white people. I'm one. I'm one of them. I know. Well, um, I'm one of the poor black people. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's hit another real quick uh, thing. Paint me a picture of the future. Picture of the future. My vision of the future would be um, somewhat like it was um, as far as jobs concerned, people uh, going to work, um, being able to um, buy things that they need and some of the things that they want, um, see stores that are bustling with people going in, buying things, um, see kids being able to do their thing, you know, um, and doing it without fear. Yeah. Um, having I want to see communities again. Oh, yes, definitely you know, communities. I don't mean to cut you off, given that I asked the question, but one of the things I noticed in 2016 was that uh, people aren't very neighborly anymore. And the reason that I know that is because I could go to one house, and this happened a lot mm -hmm. right here in District 107. Uh, I could go to a house and they would say, oh, wow, I'm glad there's a Democrat running. I'm the only Democrat on my block. And then I would go to their next door neighbor and they'd say, oh, wow, I'm glad there's a Democrat running. I'm right. the only Democrat on my block. I've heard that, too. It, That's true. I've heard that, too. Talk to your neighbors, folks. Yes. Talk to your neighbors. Rebuild your neighborhoods. Rebuild your communities. Mm -hmm. And uh, when that happens, that is... Uh, collective bargaining. You are creating your own union exactly. within your communities that everybody is paying man hours into mm -hmm. and woman hours into. Come out um, of the house. Come out of the house. Stand meet, on the lawn. Meet your neighbors. Talk to people. Um, arrange arrange things for your neighborhood. Right. Uh, and, and just learn learn the people around you. Mm -hmm. um, so and continue on with. Uh, you want people to have good jobs. You want people to be in a better position than they are now. Yes. Tell us a little bit more. Um, and I, I, I want to see um, businesses um, come back. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm looking at a lot of empty uh, spaces at the mall even. Means and it, it is, and it's sad. Yeah. Chesterfield is just about to close its doors. Wow. You know, it's... Um, but Amazon's doing really well. Yeah, Well, yeah. I mean, there's so many empty spaces out at Chesterfield. It's not even... It's not funny at yeah. all. It's sad to go through and see the empty spaces. Well, I think that's it's part there. of the evolution of commerce. I think that uh, a lot of the, the uh, things that people are going to be able to offer are services. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of the goods are going to be coming from uh, drones that are brought to you from your Amazon order. And uh, the, the commerce of the future is going to be so much different than it is now. So we need to start worrying about how do we care for people when this inevitable future happens? Well, you know, um, I'm not opposed to the advancement of, of commerce or uh, technology or any of those things. But I still believe that 
If we remove ourselves from our communities and stay locked into our homes, you know, we're just one unit. Yeah. Everyone becomes one unit. We, we lose the ability to um, understand other people, other cultures. We, we lose the we ability lose to have empathy. Empathy, you, we, yes, yeah. because you, there's no means of that. There's no means of understanding. Understanding other people. Because you're not communicating You're with not your communicating, neighbors. exactly. And that, that's really a sad thing. I, I, I don't want to see that. I really and truly don't want to see that. Even the, the nastiest person to me would be a welcome rather than to have no one. Yeah. You know, no yeah. one say anything to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Well, Peggy Sher- Dr. Peggy Sherwin, <laughs> thank you so much for coming yeah, on to you. Next Gen Dems. Of course, we are right here at Rendezvous Cafe, and you can check us out when this is up on Facebook and YouTube. You can also check out the audio at podcast.com. And on iTunes. So, uh, what what is it? Oh, the Twitter. Are we tweeting? Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at at symbol n x t g e n d e m s. That's at next gen dems without the e in next. Um, and what's some of your social media? And how can people get a hold of you? Um, they can uh, get in touch with me by um, my number, um, and that's six three six two nine three zero one seven eight. And Dr. Peggy Sherwin for State Rep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Peggy Sherwin, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. This has been our fifth episode of Next Gen Dems, and I thank you so much for being our Oh, I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is is a spotlight and a sounding board for all things of the next generation of Democrats and democracy. And uh, please check us out. Next Gen Dems. I'm your host, Curtis Wilde, Dr. Peggy Sherwin. Thank you. Thank you.